Welcome to Unstoppable Minds, a podcast out of the University of Florida, looking at the challenges and triumphs that come with a life in academia and research. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen, an assistant professor of computer and information science and engineering at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom, a lecturer in the engineering education department, also in the Herbert Wertheim College of Engineering. We know quite well that science, research, learning, it's all about trial and error. So we're sitting down with some of our colleagues here at UF who've stared down some pretty big challenges in the quest for knowledge. I brought my drop slip in to this one professor, um, and I had not attended the class yet. And as I presented him to drop slip, he looked up at me and he said, I knew you were going to drop this class. You're not going to make a great engineer. That was Dr. Denise Simmons, an associate professor in the Herbert Wartime College of Engineering here at the University of Florida. Unfortunately, Denise's experience is pretty common for women and minorities who are in the sciences. Denise is also a first-generation college student, which can make it even more difficult for you to feel like you belong in an academic setting. My specialty is in project management, but my research looks at Uh, workforce sustainability and evaluation with aspects of inclusive culture. Denise specializes in the intersection of civil engineering and the behavioral sciences. We all have our own stories to tell, and our experiences are unique to ourselves. And it really does influence how we show up at work every single day. When there's a lack of diversity, there's a failure to stakeholders, employers, and society in general. Denise began her research looking at two different kinds of success found in the workplace. There was the organization's perspective and then the employee's perspective. The organization's perspective included things like productivity and profitability, and then creating an environment that's safe and inclusive. And where these two things, I think, overlap is that people or companies are just looking for the right people. And when companies began to task me with the thing of looking for where were we losing money, I almost always found it wasn't really about a technical failure. It was about maybe a human or person-related failure. And so it began to help me think about if we have these two competing but overlapping things about success. And the Venn diagram there was, it was really about people, what they understood, how they were able to perform, if they felt valued. I felt like if we could solve that problem first, both sides of that equation of success could be satisfied. These two viewpoints of success are important because it's not just about how the company views success based on metrics and performance measures that they want to see achieved. It really also depends on how you as an employee are thriving in that environment. And oftentimes we don't really talk about that. Yeah, it's really stifling to be someone in a place where you can't show up as your whole self to work because you're also limiting your ideas. It's our different life experiences that drive creativity and Mm -hmm. have novel solutions like that come out of it. It's really the company and ultimately the customer that's losing out on the best product that they could receive. The University of Florida has 
already kind of established some best practices that support our faculty and staff who are people of color, but also faculty and staff who aren't, to help them engage in conversations that, you know, may be difficult to talk about. We have a group that's trained in crucial conversations, and that helps those who participate develop communication skills that allows people to be their authentic selves and discuss inclusivity, diversity, equity, and access. The other piece is we have these affinity groups, and they are for underrepresented people on our campus to kind of connect with each other, to connect with like-minded individuals. We see them in in industry environment, and we don't often see them in academic environments. And it's such a relief to be here at the University of Florida that actually recognizes and has resources that are specifically geared towards this kind of diversity and inclusion efforts. But not all companies are current with the times and ready to change and make these kinds of things as well. I believe what I'm seeing are companies who desire an end state and are beginning to make real changes to move towards that end state. But I believe what sort of prevents them is hearing that bad news, the bad news that maybe what they're doing uh, isn't so helpful or it runs counter to their own narrative that makes them feel uh, good. I think cultures that are fairly monolithic or mostly one demographic are operating under normal conditions. So it is a right for that particular demographic, and they want to see that demographic shift, except they then become maybe oversensitized to say, to include this other demographic. And so I think it takes courage. It takes commitment. I think it also takes patience, though. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about diversifying, but Inclusion is a whole other piece. Correct. So because diversity just gives you the numbers across the demographics. Inclusion really invites the voices and full participation of those groups in all areas of that particular organization. What happens when there isn't diversity, like in teams and in companies? When we have homogeneous teams, we can only benefit from the experience knowledge, values that those people hold. If we think about this just from a design lens, we've all heard about the experience of seatbelts that were designed or airbags that were designed that well-supported males but had detrimental effects for women and in particularly pregnant women. So I believe when there's a lack of diversity your stakeholders aren't uh, aren't served well. Employees certainly are not served well. And society in general is also uh, not served. So as a consumer, you would definitely want a diverse team of people creating any product that you get. So what role does diversity play in engineering? I think with diversity and particularly diverse teams, it equals a better product every time. I don't know any other stronger or direct way to sort of say that. Homogeneous teams tend to have an overlook certain other perspectives. And so diversity equals a better product every time. 
So what Denise is saying makes a lot of sense. Including many different perspectives will give you a better product or solution every single time. Exactly. Like Forbes even did a whole analysis where I think they took like 200 different businesses and they looked at them for over two years and looked at the business decisions they made. And they found that when they had inclusive teams that they made better business decisions up to 87 percent of the time. The whole process of making decisions was twice as fast with half the meeting. Sign me up for that. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the decisions that were made and executed by diverse teams, you know, delivered 60% better results. So with all of that data, you know, this is the proof in the pudding. It's very compelling. This kind of just really constructive change, it definitely does not happen overnight. It takes time and it actually has to happen from the top down. I think along with that is, this is really a culture change. It really requires us to do kind of a deep inventory of where we're at and then make incremental changes over time, UF is actually taking strides to address some of this through the opportunities that are available on our campus. We have an Office of Academic Support, and through that office, the Florida Matching Opportunity Scholars Program helps so many students of various different backgrounds who all come from this first-generation status. There's also the Multicultural and Diversity Affairs Office, which offers training for classrooms and for teams. And at the graduate student level, we have the Office of Graduate Diversity Initiatives, which works to provide support for underrepresented students and all students on our campus, really. We've built a network of administrators and faculty and staff who are focused on diversity efforts. And that's so important for us to be able to see this institutional change because we have people at all levels committed to doing it. So having the ability to work on diverse teams and have inclusion, employers we know are looking for these professional skills. Sometimes people like to erroneously call them soft skills, but they're life skills. For example, like communication, the ability to work on teams. How do you convey the importance of developing these skills to your students? So first of all, I want to thank you for calling them life skills. We need to be careful about how we're describing this to students. If we use the word soft skills, I want to imagine what are the thoughts of every male in the classroom? Soft skills. Is that the kind of skill I want to develop? Um, So I like that you call them life skills. I say they must be the hard skills because these are the things that companies for decades have told us students are not developing. If you could redesign like the entire engineering student experience to make this well-rounded engineer, what would you do? I think there's a long history of us telling engineers that engineers solve problems and we put a period there. Engineers solve problems for people. And so we have these ways of, okay, gravity equals zero. And that helps us help students develop fundamental concepts, but at some point we have to layer back in that you're solving it for people. There's a societal sort of context for this fundamental concept, and if we teach them separate, they're never going to couple or value this. Well, Denise, thank you so much for joining us here today. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. 
People may not realize the role of diversity or the lack thereof has on product design and their business at large. And I think that speaks to the role of the university because it's our job to really train students to have these diverse perspectives and to be able to bring those to their employer. Absolutely. If they've already been taught that an inclusive culture welcomes them and their ideas and their full experience, they'll be even more confident in the workplace and they can also contribute better solutions. And I know personally that Denise is fully committed to this in her laboratory, but also well beyond that. And she is taking her scholarship into a wide variety of communities so that they understand the importance of workforce development and how having diverse perspectives can really positively impact our society. This is Unstoppable Minds, a podcast out of the University of Florida. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom. Thanks for joining us. Unstoppable Minds is produced by Endeavor Content and Katherine Welch. Managing producer, Samantha Allison. Creative development by 160 Over 90 with Benjamin Riskin. Engineering and post-production by Amita Ganatra and Adam Allison. Unstoppable Minds, owned by the University of Florida, is created with many thanks to the talents of Allison Clark, Emily Cardinale, Matthew Abramson, Brianne Leanne, Wise Clairvoyant, and Brian Sandusky. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more information about our show and the awesome professors at University of Florida by visiting our website at ufl.edu slash unstoppable minds. Until next time, go Gators!